51 of Pods in the Key of Springfield. Did you briefly forget the name of this podcast? No, I debated whether it was worth doing a joke about episode 51 of our podcast in which we discuss the thing that stops planes from rolling away. It's chocks in the key of Springfield. Okay, that'll make sense once people get up to the sting, unless I've cut that out and turned it into its own episode, which was a subject of debate. Uh... Yeah, stick around for that. Stick around for Chalk Chat. Season 5, Episode 8, Boy Scouts in the Hood. Season 5, Episode 9, The Last Temptation of Homer. The Last Temptation of Homer. Of Homer. And Boy Scouts in the Hood, of course, the, uh, the famous film that I should have looked up the details about before trying to launch into a joke about it. I believe it was... I think it was, I think the original Scouts in the Hood, or no, not what was the name of that movie? Boys in the Hood. But I, I'm guessing it must have been Boys in the Hood. I believe that the director of it was the youngest director to ever get nominated for Best Director of the Academy Awards. Really? That is the piece of info that I think might apply to that movie. Boys in the Hood, a yep. 1991 film. Yep. Um, Who's uh, the director? Director is John Singleton. John Singleton. I think he was uh, quite young when he made that for film. For the film, he was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Director, becoming the first African-American and youngest person to ever have been nominated for the award. Okay, well, that's two significant things. Kind of crazy that it took till 1991 for an African-American person to get nominated for Best Director, but, you know... Are you know, suggesting America has a race issue? Uh, I think I might be, Nick. Are you suggesting that large parts of the world have a race issue? I mean... By extension? Yeah, sure. I mean, sure. yes. Sure. Yeah. Interesting hot take. Yeah. Well, there we go. We've got that out in the open now. Yeah. We've uh, aired our controversial views that a lot of people and places are racist. Yeah. Yeah. Dial it in, guys. Okay, so Boy Scouts in the Hood. This is the one where Bart becomes a member of the junior campers and some shit happens. And sure. it's really good. And we had a very fun time with it. It's a great episode. Oh, how we chortled. <sighs> We chortled, we laughed, we gwarfed, maybe? Gwarf? <laughs> Isn't that one of the fucking things from Star Trek? Uh, maybe. I've never seen Star Trek. Uh, no, that's W-H-O-R-F. Wharf? Yeah, that's just that's just where you leave your boat. Or your boat, I suppose. <laughs> I left me boat in the wharf. <laughs> what the hell happened to my wharf? The hell happened to my wharf? So we open with... Uh, Millhouse and Bart in an arcade, and we see we see Martin playing the arcade version of My Dinner with Andre, and this is the best thing in the world, and I yes. love it, and it's so good. And also, Telltale Games, the uh, the company that sadly completely collapsed uh, about a month ago, two months ago at this mm. point, I feel like their entire development strategy from 2010 onwards was based on this arcade game. Did I play any Telltale games after 2010? When did Stacking come out? That was Double Fine. Fuck. <laughs> That's a different game. Tim Schafer. I see. This was a different thing. Okay, in that case, have I played anything by Telltale? Okay, do you want me to run you through a list? 
Uh, yes, okay, sure. Uh, also, put that pen down. It makes a lot of clicking noises when I'm editing. Yeah, I know, but I like fiddling with it. <laughs> okay, so we got uh, The Walking Dead. No. The Wolf Among Us. No. Uh, what else did they do? Batman. They did a Batman game about Batman. Going oh. around saying, oh, I'm Batman over here. Uh, oh, I'm going to stop the Joker. I think I've watched someone play a little bit of that game, but I haven't played it myself. Okay. Uh, what else did they do? Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, no. No. <laughs> Yeah, arced up with that one. Yeah. Uh, Border- Tales from the Borderlands. Oh, was that the Borderlands DLC? No. No. <laughs> no, that was the adventure game. They're all the same game, basically. You uh, oh. you go around and then you have dialogue options. Well, are they the make- Monkey Island people? Yeah, they did the Monkey Island reboot, but that was uh, 2007, 2008 or so. Okay. Yeah. Right, I see. Did you play that? No. How many games could I have named that you would have said, oh yeah, I've played that. You play, what, like seven games? You're fine. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I do deep dives on games. Ha. Huh. What a what a good episode this is. So, we got, uh, yep. I, I was just going to say, I enjoy the, uh, wait, were you going to talk more about Dinner with Andre? No. Okay. Um, I enjoy... Tell me more. Oh, uh, uh, here's a trenchant insight for you. <laughs> Perhaps followed by a bon mot. Um, tell me more, tell me more. You know, it's still, um, you know, I think it's one of the uh, uh, greatest tragedies of Australian music that Bon Mott died so soon. Oh, um, shit. <laughs> it was never the singer. ACDC was never the same. Yeah, choked on his own vomit, didn't he? I believe so, yeah. yeah in his own car? Uh, or I, I don't know if it was his own car. Hmm. Okay. Um, Homer's very excited to find a $20 note because he's going to use it to buy more peanuts. Yep, $20 but he, can buy many peanuts. But he doesn't think about giving it to Marge so that she can go buy steaks that she just said she won't be able to afford. <laughs> Oh shit! Wouldn't he get more enjoyment from the steaks than from the peanuts? Uh, I don't know. Twenty dollars can buy a lot of peanuts. I'd say twenty dollars is going to buy too many peanuts. Potentially, there's only one peanuts that one. There's only so many peanuts one man can have. Mm, it doesn't seem like he's inclined to share the peanuts either. No. Seems like he simply wishes to purchase twenty dollars worth of peanuts and then eat them. Maybe go blind again. Possibly. Yeah, because we have Marge saying, well, "I'm going to buy dinner," and her saying, "Money's too tight for steak." Part yes. of the economic downturn part that is of the largely e- in the background. Part of the economic downturn. Um, and yet, Homer rejoices in the fact that he finds $20. Mm. But in no way does he consider about using this windfall to uh, for the betterment of those around him. Speaking of windfalls, the wind blows it away and it falls into Buzz's lap. Trickle-down economics. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. You're right. It does work. Yeah. So... What I love about the start of this episode is, do you remember, like, being a young, like, stupid kid? Like, how amazing it felt when you had any amount of money? Oh, yeah. Like, if you had $20 when you didn't previously have $20, it Mm. felt like such a fucking windfall. Yeah, totally. And I remember, like, you know, your your birthday would come around and you get $20 and you pass out from joy thinking, fuck, look at all the things I could do. Yeah. Whereas now, $20, I can... Uh, 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 I, I'm trying to think of a way to I'm trying to think of a comical way to to represent how jaded I've become um, uh, I, was, uh, I don't want to say I could spend $20 on a coffee because I wouldn't I could easily spend $20 on breakfast there it used know. to be the $20 would buy you a pocket full of dreams with cash to spare to get your shoes shined now you could barely afford an eggs benedict it used to be that $20 could buy you a Johnny Cash album a Steve Jobs <laughs> product and a Bob Hope uh, pressing of a vinyl. <laughs> but now, these days, 2018, they're all dead. Yeah. 
and their products are shit. <laughs> and um, I mean, this was also the case ten years ago, though. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the tragic thing. Well, yes, I suppose that is the case. Yeah. Um, uh, not the case of um, of jobs. Of uh, jobs. Yeah. <laughs> the, the case of jobs. Um, all syrup squishy. Can I talk about that? Yeah. 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 Why does the uh, the squishy machine ding like a microwave at the end of the uh, making of the all syrup squishy? Because it's done microwaving. Nope. <laughs> does the point. The whole point of those machines is that they don't. The machine doesn't know when it's ready. It depends on the viscosity of the liquid, the size of the cup. Up, who's the one in control of that? He's mm. the one controlling the lever. It does seem like a, I don't know, like the machine has a lot of dials and levers and uh, notes on it. Like it seems like a pretty, pretty advanced squishy machine. Yeah. Here's a question that I had during this scene. Sure. At what point in the, the course of The Simpsons did the squishy become iconic? Because the squishy is kind of an iconic product, you know, that we mm. associate with The Simpsons. But I feel like at what point... Did viewers of The Simpsons start to think, oh, the squishy, that's like an iconic product that I would like to get a sticker of and put on my laptop or whatever the fuck? I feel like it was probably around this episode. Mm. Because this episode uses the squishy as the um, the catalyst, if you will. Yeah. For the main narrative drive. Like, But it's kind oh, of yeah. funny that squishy is now a, like an iconic fake brand. Yeah, that's really... It's just like a slushy. There's not really anything that magical about it. Do you remember that we had slushies in the canteen at our high school? Yeah. Does that seem fucking bizarre to you now? Does it? To me, it's like... And look, I know that lots of people complain about like, oh, school canteens only have healthy food in them now. Yeah, that's a really good idea. I am so in favour of canteens having healthy food. Yeah, it used to be that you'd better take twenty dollars to your canteen. You get a slushy. You get a Johnny Cash album. You get a big bag of chips. You know, like a three liter Coke. You'd get like an iPod Nano. <laughs> um, but the idea of just like, oh, what should we give all these school kids? I don't know. What about a big? cup of frozen sugar water Mm. that seems very strange to me yeah i mean if i I feel like there'd be some schools where like out the back you'd be able to like get some cocaine or something but we didn't have that yeah but i mean at least (laughs) am i about to say cocaine's healthier than pies (laughs) she don't lie she don't lie she don't lie as far as i'm concerned She don't lie, she don't lie, she don't lie. She moves mysterious cocaine. I say. That's that's where my brain went and why I kind of had a paralyzed moment of deciding whether or not that was worth entering into. Speaking of uh, songings, songs and dance. Uh... Song- songings. <laughs> Correct conjugation of the verb. Okay, do you remember that um, that Simpsons album was called Songs in the Key of... Uh, I forget uh, the rest of it. Yeah, but what is that called? I used to have that album and it had this scene on it uh, leading into Springfield. Springfield is a yes. hell of a town. The school yards up and the shopping mall's down. The stray dogs go to the Animal Pound. Springfield, Springfield. Springfield, Springfield. New York, New York. What? Well, <laughs> uh, now, I used to have that album. Yeah, and, and, that, and that gave me a phrase I like to use all the time. It had the, uh, before leading into that song, it had the... the Skit. Scene, Skit. Yeah, it had the little scared $20 can buy many peanuts, and then it had them drinking the squishy. Yeah. Now, I played this CD over and over again. I loved it so. 
And it started to get a little funky around this part. It started to skip a bit. Mm. So, uh, the bit where Bart drinks the squishy and starts to freak out sometimes got really stretched out and weird when I would play it. Sick. So, in my head, I I, I have a very clear soundbite of that scene, but stretched out and even weirder and more of Bart freaking out. And I enjoy that. That's nice little memory. I enjoy the way um, uh, Millhouse does this really weird pronunciation of thick. <laughs> it's so thick. <laughs> it's the- T-H-I-C-C. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's not even that. There's some extra vowels in there. Thick. <laughs> um, I've, I've always enjoyed that pronunciation. I really enjoy the folly of them sucking down on that squishy. Really good uh, sucking noises. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Don't know how much further I want to nope. go down that road. How do, you, how do you think the Foley artists created those noises, James? Uh, I imagine they just kept sucking. It's just, I mean, that's good advice there. Mm. Um, I've just got a note that says there's a lot of good stuff in here. That's uncharacteristically <laughs> positive for me. I'm going to cross that note out. <laughs> Just tear the page and like walk away. Can you edit that bit out, James? Did you notice when they're having their all-night squishy bender, at one point they get a bunch of chewing gum or bubble gum. Bubble gum. Did you notice the brand of the bubble gum? No, what was the brand? Toothless Joe gum. And the guy oh. on the package was uh, oh, the guy with old, old Gummy Joe. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Uh, wouldn't have old Chomper here, that's for sure. So, so he's really... He's either moving up in the world or he is using... His uh, unique aesthetic to form an iconic brand. And really, isn't that what we're all trying to do in this modern world? Oh, fuck, we actually are, aren't we? I guess so. Oh, my God. Um, that really hit me as I was saying. It's like, are we all trying to build an aesthetic brand? I'm like, oh, fuck, that is actually what life is like now. So, at what, what a nightmare. At what point did he stop working in the nuclear power plant and start becoming uh, a bubblegum? Uh, well, maybe bubblegum is his side gig. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, though. Were you ever any good at blowing bubbles with bubblegum? I was garbage at it. Yeah, so Although I wasn't much of a gum guy. (laughs) Every now and again, I'd get, like, the bubble-o bill, but I don't feel like that was good bubblegum. No, that was terrible bubblegum. I I think the the freezing did something to the bubblegum that that ruined it. Yeah, I don't think you meant to freeze bubblegum. No, and I also think that, like, the only time that I ever got, like, a good bubble with a bubblegum... Specifically, a hubba bubba bubble gum. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I've got a photo somewhere, um, <laughs> not on this phone, of actually, it might be on my Facebook, um, of a cordial I once saw, and the flavour was called Gubble Bum. Gubble Bum? Yeah, it was. A- I don't think you need to find the photo to prove that to me. I, Probably not. I can take it as a given that you found some Gubble Bum. Gubble Bum. Uh, always be paying attention. That's my advice, because then you never know what little. What little silly things you might say. Speaking of paying attention but, and seeing things wrong. But the only time I was ever able to successfully blow bubbles with the hubba bubba bubble gum was when I would have like three or four of the little squares of it. So you had to really game the system. I had to really game the system. Okay. I think it's actually a technique by them to sell more bubble gum. Yeah. Because they, they, they sell you the illusion that you can blow a successful bubble with one. Just make it and then can't... it's very difficult to bubble. You have to... No, I'm not talking about bubble bill, James. you got to cram your whole mouth full of gum. Yes, cram your mouth. I was always really worried about swallowing the gum. You know, people tell you you'd swallow that gum; it's stuck in your system forever. 
But on what basis? Surely you just shit it out like you do everything else. Yeah, almost certainly. But I was a child and I believed people when they said, oh, yeah, right. it's going to stay in your stomach forever if you swallow it. That's going to grow into a cherry tree. <laughs> but you can basically swallow anything and it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, the body will just sort it out. Correct extension of that point, yes. So speaking of uh, paying close attention and then, you know missing things and getting things wrong there is a montage here where we see Apu laughing while a bunch of signs flash in the background yes and there's a sign that just says pop pop and as we were watching I said Nick did that sign say poop Mm. and I had to rewind to make sure it didn't say poop Mm. so I would have looked like quite the fool well, I did look like quite the fool, I suppose. Um, in that the sign did not say poop. Yeah. and but there was and a moment where I believed. Can I just... Can I say I'm not a fan of adults using the word poop? You're not a big fan of poop? No. Ditch the second P. I, I cannot stand... Um, you prefer poo to poop? Much. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Look, I'm... Make it... Look, I think you either need to make it... V- vulgar or make it just like the correct terminology either like you call it feces or you call it shit that's my stance i don't like poo i'm not crazy on poop but i prefer it to poo poo is a child's word to me see i feel the i feel that with poop i think poop is poop is exists in a venn diagram of australians using americanisms and australia's using infantile language and i don't like the middle of that venn diagram but it's interesting that you think Poo is the more childish one. Ah, for sure. Okay. Run these two sentences. Okay. Uh, Daddy, I need to take a poop. Daddy, I need to take a poo. Which one is being said by a child? The first one. Really? Yep. To me, it's the second one. Yep. Well, this is it, was, it, was, it was great because as, as you started that, I'm like, you know, it's very unlikely that an A-B comparison <laughs> is going to change the way I've viewed these words my entire life. Um <laughs> Okay, well, how about let's let's do another one, okay? I think okay, da- <laughs> Jesus. I think it's because I think it's because Americans kid American kids TV shows is the only place I heard the word poop when I was growing up. Okay, so uh, daddy, daddy, I need to take a poo. Uh, wee wee wawa, or uh, excuse me, Mr. Symington, I need to drop out of this meeting for a moment to take a poop. Symington. Yeah, Mr. Symington. That's my takeaway from this. Uh, was he born in a town called Symington? Was he born in a town called Symington? Yeah. Is is that a thing? I don't know. <laughs> I just wanted to. I just wanted to uh, parachute my way out of this conversation. I never quite got this squishy bender until years later when I started drinking, and now I get it. Yeah, that's what it's like. Yeah. Sometimes many, you join the scouts. How many times have you joined the scouts or the happy campers or the junior campers? You know, I was actually going to ask if you ever been a member of any sort of scouting organisation. I do not participate. I was a cub for a year or two, I think. Yeah, right. I was a part of the cubs. I was. I uh... met your bear. He was a lovely guy. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I was in the cubs. And, you know, I don't feel like I really took much away from it. I got my collecting badge. Is that what you say? <laughs> I was about to say, so you didn't steal anything from the Cubs, and yet you got your collection badge. So you must have amassed a collection of something, and then just left it there, on the premises, instead of taking it away. Sure, that's how it works. Sorry, I got. I was very amused then, because I was going to make a stupid wordplay, and then your next sentence fed into the narrative of my wordplay. So I was very much enjoyed by that. Every now and then we would go ice blocking, where you get a giant block of ice, and you put like a hessian sack on it, and you just fucking hurl yourself down a hill. 
On the ice. I mean, that kind of sounds like the opening scene of Frozen, so I'm kind of into it. <laughs> did, did you all sing in a deeply baritone voice while while doing the ice blocking stuff? Uh, yeah, is that a thing that happens in Frozen? Uh, in the opening scene of Frozen, where the ice harvesters, uh, um, they're singing the the Frozen Heart song. Uh, it's been a while since Beware I've seen Frozen. The fro- oh, I've started that too low. <laughs> Frozen Heart. <laughs> no, that's not working. That's the wrong the wrong uh, range for me. Sometimes we would go and uh, collect yabbies from the creek. Sure. We should possibly point out that yabbies is a type of crustacean. Yeah. Um, because it's one of those words that could sound like a slur, but it's not. <laughs> it's the name of a crustacean. I mean, like if anyone's listened this far, wouldn't it just be a fucking wild left turn? Wild turn. If suddenly I started admitting that my scout troop was... Uh, <laughs> Committing some sort of racial genocide. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be a... Wow, these two guys who are relatively woke, sometimes a little performatively so, have all of a sudden taken an extreme fucking turn. You seem tickled by the fact I suggested we're sometimes performatively woke. I just like the idea that this is like a grievance you have with the podcast <laughs> and you're raising it now. <laughs> oh no, I'm, I'm all on board with it. I would rather be performatively woke than the other way around. Yeah, so. sure. <laughs> uh, okay, so I was wondering, uh, based on some of the stuff we've seen in this episode, what's SpongeBob the Old Folks Day like at your work? <laughs> uh, my question is, where did Bart sign up for the Happy Campus? Because it seems to be run at the school. Yeah. And he signed up at an... While he was out on the town on an all-night bender. Is Flanders running some sort of nighttime outreach? I wouldn't have thought so. It's the only real possible explanation it is though, isn't the it? Only, because, it, I mean... He could be like that green team you see in Adelaide who wander around like shaming oh. people for being drunk late at night. Fuck, they're hopeless. <laughs> Remember that one time when we were actually in the middle of a medical emergency? Yep. Because a very drunk guy decided to parkour his way off a second-story staircase. Yeah, that dickhead. Only to realise he could not parkour and broke both of his ankles at the same time. So to be clear, the Green Team is a Christian organisation locally who go to events or out on nights where there's likely to be a lot of people drinking and partying and ostensibly they're there to like try to help people and you know yeah. give them water, deal with things. Uh, in effect, every time I've seen them in action, what they really do is just sort of shame the person who has been drinking and then piss off again. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, not everyone is like that, but in my experience, that yeah. is what I have witnessed. So for Australians that haven't come across it, imagine a bunch of people in a t-shirted uniform walking around schoolies saying things like, oh, is everyone all right here? No one's getting uh, too far out of control, are they? Or uh, Americans apply that same thing to spring break and you get pretty mm. much the idea of what they're like. Yeah, or Spring Breakers, which is a great film that we saw in the cinema Spring together. Spring Break! Look at all my shit. I got shorts in every colour. But these uh, green team people came up to him and said, Oh, looks like your friend's having a bit of a hard night. We're like, yeah, he actually is. Like, yeah, we he's, think he's, he's broken his ankle. He, he's broken both of his ankles. Yeah. Can you help us flag down a taxi because he doesn't have ambulance cover to get to the hospital? Oh, no, that's not really something we can do. <laughs> What? Uh, seems very easily actionable. I mean, there's a line of taxis right over there. Yeah. We, are, we don't want to move because we don't want to leave this guy abandoned with a broken ankle. Exactly. Can you please help us flag something down? Oh, try to have a good night, guys. Ah, fucking green team. Useless. Um, what was the lead into that? Uh, who cares? All right. Um, 
a phrase that's always annoyed me when the bullies discover Bart's little um, happy campers uniform. Campers, pampers. Yeah. I find the use of pamper as a noun very strange. Yeah. Isn't pamper an adjective that means to... Oh, sorry, a verb that means to care for and look after? I believe so. In most... And then, so to turn pamper, the verb meaning to care for and look after, or to spoil, I suppose, sure. into a noun that means clothing... Um, That's a stretch. For did me. we investigate this to make sure that this isn't a word like a word with multiple meanings, or there's not like a homonym or a play here? I'll do it right now. Okay, you're going to do your due diligence. Homophone. I think you might find. Whatever. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> hey, just to be clear, I correct, I correct you so that the internet doesn't have to. I know. I know. Pampers meaning translations and more definitions. More. Oh fuck! This is an oh. <laughs> Um, so before I, I've got some more digging to do pamper verb third person present pampers indulge with every attention comfort and kindness it comes from low German and Dutch meaning uh, from sorry from the low German and Dutch pamper meaning cram with food <laughs> good why does that make me laugh so much Oh, I have a huge dictionary right at your feet, and yet I'm looking it up on here. Because you don't want to go up and get a huge dictionary. You've got a phone in your hand right now. Remember the time I threw it away on the pod? That was fun. Yeah. Pods, uh, pampers <laughs> meaning noun. Uh, no, I can't find a noun version. Well, there we go. We beat it. We beat The Simpsons. We beat The Simpsons. Here I am proving that once again, I am smarter than some animated bullies. So Bart learns that if he sticks with the junior campers and he wears his campers pampers, he is going to get a knife. Yes. And we get a lovely little montage about how good knives are. Oh, it's a beautiful montage. It is wonderful. During this montage, when we see Hibbert cutting out the appendix of this man and throwing it out, I remember seeing this as a kid and kind of thinking... This is what happened if your pennies burst. It literally exploded. Interesting. Interesting. Did you at any point turn your mind to what the explosive fuel was? Uh, I'm afraid I never considered the accelerant that might be con- might be contained in my appendix. Good use of accelerant. Yeah. This is a good pair of episodes for the bullies. They get a lot to do. Yeah, the bullies really... It's really their time to shine. Yeah, they really put in a lot of good work across these two episodes. Really mm. get it done, you know? Mm. It's a real bully hall of fame. Yeah. I was proud of these kids by the end of this pairing. Proud of the bullies. Yeah. Interesting. Here's a grievance that I have. Sure. Where they line that people really love in this episode. Sure. Don't do what Donnie Don't does is not that unclear. Yeah, it is actually quite clear. Yeah. Don't do what kid does. Yes. Yeah. 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 I guess for a 10 year old boy Mm. who has some learning difficulties... Despite being a genius. Yes. Mem Sayin Bart, Rabbi Hazmi. Yeah, Rabbi Hazmi. Yeah. Um, it, is, it is a lot of um, opposites, I suppose. But for our generation, Don't Do What Donny Don't Does has become the stand-in for like an overly complicated or unnecessarily wordy yes. or difficult piece of phrasing. Hello, I'm unnecessarily wordy. <laughs> <laughs> don't do what I do. <laughs> Uh, no, but you're right, because if it's ever, you know, yeah, if, if there's ever a particularly complex direction, yeah, it's always, oh, don't do what Donnie Don't does. And then we see we see a little montage of... What did Donnie Darko do? Can we do what Donnie Darko did? Uh, Donnie Darko picked a 
something of peppers. <laughs> pick, pick, picked a dick of dickle deckers. Is that what you <laughs> were going a dick with? Dickle deckers. No. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, let's see. Donnie Darko. He saw Frank the bunny. He said. He said, uh, what's with that stupid bunny suit? And Frank said, what's with that stupid man suit? <laughs> I like that movie uh, when I saw it. Haven't rewatched it for a long time. See, I feel like I'm not going to. I feel like I'd rather just keep it in my mind that I liked that movie, you know? Keep it in your mind. Keep it in my mind. What the hell happened to my mind? <laughs> in my mind palace. Oh, <laughs> a palace now. Yeah. Wow. Better than the fucking brain hovel I've got going on over here. <laughs> So when we see this montage of Bart, like, learning how to stitch and, like, you know, learning about knots and doing all this stuff, I start to think, should I learn how to do more stuff? Should I learn things? Uh, should le- I become better educated? Do you mean in a, uh, uh, in a theoretical and knowledge-based sense or in a practical sense? Uh, I'm going to say practical. Yeah, see, I think, because uh, I've, I've talked about this on the podcast before, I knit. Yeah. Um, I started that, what, four years ago? Yeah. And then, but I, I noticed that around that time, some of my other friends also started doing other practical things. Mm. Like, a couple of them also took up knitting. But uh, then I've got a friend who suddenly became really into woodwork and he makes, like, these cool little chopping boards that have, like, checkerboard patterns on them and he, like, stains them. And d- oh, that's d- neat. Yeah, and, like... I feel like there was just this weird little craft revolution. And I now see friends of mine who, you know, my friends who have gone on to have kids, they do, they've got into the, the visible mending trend of if there's a big rip in a, in a pant that renders the pant unpantable, rather than throw it away, you patch it up old school style so that the patch in and of itself becomes a design feature. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's just like this weird explosion in the last four four or five years where I go, oh, we've all picked up these practical skills and I guess what I'm saying here is why the fuck haven't you I feel like the main thing that I've learned in the last year and a half or so is how to produce and edit a podcast oh yeah not a particularly transferable skill as it turns out Um, but uh, it's good uh, I mean you could go into doing production for spoken word albums Maybe sure, the, the, if maybe I were the, glasses out there and would like to get in contact. Maybe the guy we talked about last time, the BBC guy. BBC guy? Remember the, the one who tells the stories like this? Oh, that Aunt, guy. Auntie Vera slipped over on some sick. Him. <laughs> <laughs> that's, your, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, Auntie Vera, if you're out there, get in contact. Let us know that you're okay. Um, so, so you could do some spoken word recordings for him, I suppose. Uh, I'm not sure I'd trust you with a full band yet. I think I think your, your mixing and your editing any, is pretty good. If but any full bands are out there, though, we would like to... Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you play your music, and I'll, I'll come in, and I'll make it better. Yeah. Okay, okay. Pop quiz to see if you uh, to see what you know about music. Uh, the the percussive things that someone sits behind and hits with a stick. What what, what are they? The percussive they, uh, alto they saxophone. Correct. Yep. Um, okay. Um, Famously played by Neil Peart in the band Rush. <laughs> very good. Uh, what instrument did uh, did uh, Jimi Hendrix play? Uh, trick question. You're thinking about Tom York. He Ooh. sings. Oh, that's, that, that's, yes. You're doing surprisingly well. Uh, now, 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 Final now, question. Now, 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 now. Yep. Uh, th- this is no time to sing the South Park theme song. <laughs> final question. What year did uh, Revolver come out? Uh, 69. Uh, in the... Silence. 
in the in the summer of of of, of sixty sixty nine. Yes, in the summer of sixty nine. Nice. Uh, zinc, your sniffer. <laughs> I really enjoy the way Flanders looks in that scene. Oh, you're jumping, you're jumping forward a little bit here. I know, but I just wanted to look at what my next note was. <laughs> okay, I got a question here. You know, there's a scene where they're watching Itchy and Scratchy, and Homer walks past outside. I wrote the Impian Chippy. Yeah, well, um, Lisa's saying, oh, you know, cartoons don't yes. need to make sense. We see Homer walking past now. Yes. I've always written that off as a funny little animation gag, but is it possible that this Homer has actually escaped from one of the other dimensions that we're pretty sure exists within the world of The Simpsons? I absolutely think it is, because uh, I've heard... Do you look a little icky to you? I've heard people say... <laughs> James, this is New York. Um, I've heard people say <laughs> that, um, that it, it's funny that Lisa says it doesn't need to make sense and then Homer walks past, as mm. if those two events are somehow connected. All yeah. Lisa's saying is that uh, cartoons shouldn't be held to a high level of scrutiny. It's because, simply as to, you know, a because, fact of information. Because they're silly little vehicles. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because they're silly little vehicles for simple little stories. Yeah, like the Flintstones car. What? Yeah, yes. Silly vehicle. <laughs> for a bunch of simple little stories, the Flintstones. Wilma! And what was Barney and Betty's... The Rubbles. Yeah. The Flintstones and the Rubbles. <laughs> um... That's good, Barney. Thank you. Yeah, nice. Uh, can you do a Bam Bam? Uh, bam Bam, it's me. I'm Bam Bam. Oh, that's pretty fucking good too. Get with it. Oh, it's so strange to think that uh, little Bam Bam grew up to be uh, a, a, that skater guy and one of the Jackass crew. <laughs> bam Majera? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's the joke that I was very loosely stretching for. What was the other kid in the Flintstones called? Uh, there was Bam Bam and Rocksteady. <laughs> there was... And Krang. <laughs> no, it wasn't Krang. Um, uh, wasn't it called, like, Baby Bullshit or something? <laughs> Baby Bullshit. Pebbles. Baby Bullshit. Do, 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 do. Pebbles. Pebbles. Yes. Something you don't want to get caught in your shoe. What? Well, yeah, because then you'd be stepping on a child. <laughs> okay, so we firmly established that this Homer is crossed over from another dimension. Oh, yes, he's he's well and truly an omelette egg flip Homer. Yeah, just he's a little there, nod to us. He's there more just than anything. sauntering around the other dimension saying, yeah. Oh, I wonder if there's any donuts in here, boo-boo. <laughs> yeah, um, he's come here to look for Ernest Borgnine. He, in yes. fact, the, the final scene right at the end where something bursts out at the summer camp to kill Ernest Borgnine and the oh, other children. Could that be? Oh, that's the Homer. That's could that the, be the that's, Dimension Homer. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have to consider that as canon at this mm. point. Mm. Mm. That's a really, yeah. yeah. We're on to you guys. Mm. Uh, whoever's listening to this, if they're affiliated. Oh, no, no one affiliated is listening to this. We're, <laughs> we're lucky to even have people with an Amazon affiliate link listening to this. <laughs> Yeah, um, if anyone would like to buy things from my Amazon affiliate link, uh, we'll work on getting one. <laughs> I don't think they do them in Australia. No? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to retract my previous statement then about the Amazon affiliate link. Because there's one podcast I listen to that's often talking about their affiliate link, but they always say, unless you're shopping through Australian through the Australian portal for Amazon, because then... Ah, because we have the actual Australian version of Amazon now, yeah. which... Yeah. Which is doesn't have any of the products that the other one does. Anyway. This episode is so quotable. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. the, the the sea captain. Captain, <laughs> yeah. captain Kevin McAllister. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Oh, that line not only infuses my brain, yes. but it infuses my heart. Yes. It is a it's line. It's informed who you are on a fairly fundamental level. absolutely informed who I am on a fundamental level. Just going from deep enthusiasm to just, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. One of my uh, one of my favorite scenes is when Bud is imagining what it's going to be like having Homer on the rafting mm. trip, and he imagines the one kid saying, "What an oof!" Yes, I love "What an oof, kid." That is good. He's one of my guys. Yeah, it's him and like Sam Kinison and uh, there are no um there are no norms. Damon Wayans. There are no norms on this camping trip, are there? No. Ooh, are there? Are there? I wasn't looking. I wasn't on my Norman watch. It's been a while since we've checked in on Norman watch. It's been a while. Yeah, I kind of, um, I lapsed on my Norman watch. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. But look, it's a strong possibility that Norman was one of the parents. All the parents disappear. We get Ernest Borgnine with some kids later on. Mm. None of the other parents seem to be with them. Yeah. Have they all also been eaten by bears or Eclipomus? Swept away out to sea, possibly. Possibly mm. by by Eclipomus. I mean, yeah. Pushed out to sea by Eclipomus. <laughs> Pushed out to sea by Eclipomus. It's not a song. Uh, let's see. It's not even a parody of a song. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just the lyrics to what the song would be. It's not, even a, it's not even a semblance of an idea. Uh, water, water everywhere. So let's all have a drink. Yes. Has in my mind, completely superseded water, water everywhere, but not a drop to drink. That's potentially dangerous if you find yourself stuck at sea. Yeah. Which, mm. look, if I ever get stuck at sea, I'm fucked anyway. Like, I'm going to die. I'm not optimistic about my chances at sea. What was that movie that came out about those two people Titanic. that were stuck at sea? <laughs> no. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Jesus. Those two people that were stuck at sea... And it was like a real time open water, maybe. Yeah, open water. And it was a real time movie of like two and a half hours of these people just. It was only like eighty five minutes. Yeah, it well, sucked. But I remember Titanic but, was better. <laughs> yeah, I've seen Titanic. I haven't seen Open Water. I'm flying, Jack. But I remember someone was. I'm flying, baby. Telling me about. They were telling me about the premise of the film Open Water. Yeah. And I was like, oh, if I was ever stuck out in the middle of the ocean like that, I'd probably just go under and. Take my life, fill my lungs with water, and kill myself. And my girlfriend at the time was like, "Well, what about me?" And I'm like, "Oh, sorry, are you are you out in the middle of the ocean with me as well?" She's like, "Yeah, you jerk." I'm like, "Well, sorry, I didn't realize that you were here." Uh, oh, okay. Well, I guess. Well, then I would use your body as a flotation device. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd use your body like the, do- the uh, like the door from Titanic, the only survivalist movie I've seen to date. <laughs> the only survivalist movie. <laughs> That's a really funny lens to be Titanic through. <laughs> oh, That'd be great if the post was exactly the same, but like the catchphrase or the the slogan of the front was like "Only one may live" or something like that. <laughs> <sighs> to save the one he loves, he would take the ultimate sacrifice. Yes. Yeah. Good movie. Are we Big ready? Movie. Are we ready to go on to the next episode? No, I still got some notes for this one. I know we're going long. I'll, I'll try long. to run through. This. Uh, uh, okay, one one thing I really wanted to say about this that really stood out to me in this episode is how much old episodes of The Simpsons rely on visual abstraction in a way that I don't think a show could get away with these days. Interesting. 
Like we were talking about the rations that they are eating on the no. boat. And they're just like uh, indeterminate sticks. You don't know what they are. Indeterminate sticks of grey marsh. Yeah. And later on, there's a scene where the bear is attacking Ernest Borgnine and the kids. And like you look at the background and the kids' relation to the background is very abstract. Yes. It looks like an episode of Ren and Stimpy. Like there's uh, yeah. this sort of abstraction. I feel like since art has mostly gone digital and we're in the HD era now, mm. you can't get away with that sort of thing, but it works perfectly fine. It's a really interesting In these point. old episodes where, you know, we can sort of visually fill in the gaps yeah. of what we're not seeing. But the funny part about that is uh, there is a level of that kind of abstraction in The Simpsons. But if you go back and look at old, like, Hanna-Barbera cartoons, yeah. there are entire five-minute episodes that don't have a single background. <laughs> it's just characters walking in yeah. front of a variously changing gradient. Yeah, like, it would just be, like, shapes in the background. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, the level of abstraction then was so ridiculous. Yeah, but even here, like, you know, they just use what I would guess I would call visual shorthand to just fill in. Sure. For what, you know, what we imagine is actually happening. It's a really interesting point. works with how hard and ridiculous, you, you know, all the everything is. My and f- what, was that also a side effect of... Because uh, were VCRs around by this point? Was yeah. That, what is that? That's, I mean, okay. I was going to say it was maybe a side effect of, uh, you know, these are going to be a one-and-done type of thing with occasional reruns, but on much smaller TVs than what we're watching it on now. Well, for the most part, they would be. Like, uh, not yeah. many people are taping the yeah. show and re-watching them, yeah. I imagine. Bit and of a so, hassle. Yeah, and so at that point, it's like, well, what's the point in putting all this fine detail in the background when it's going to be not noticed anyway? Especially yeah. on the old postage stamp-sized TVs that people used to use. If anything, they were too small. Comically small postage yeah. stamp. It was, very small. Oh, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just a tiny little screen. You'd have to hold it right up into your face. It was yep. burning hot. Burning hot. Yeah, it would sear the flesh from your bones. Now, my Are f- you talking about a fire poker now? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I thought Roseanne was, you know, a little too hot for me to handle at that age, but now I realize. I see. Yeah, now my final question. Yeah. How long are these these cats at sea for? Because it seems like they're getting real ragged out there and they yeah. eat all the food and they seem on the brink of death. See, real fast. This is tricky because on the one hand, there are two... To rock a rhyme, to rock a rhyme, that's right, on time. It's tricky. Oh, tricky. Tricky, tricky, tricky. tricky. Sure. SSX tricky, good game. Uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, Bonfonsing MC is great band. Yeah. Um... No, so there are two pieces of information we can use to compare and contrast how long they've been out at sea for. Okay. The episode in which um, Marge kicks Homer out and he goes to live in the treehouse, his clothes become ragged overnight. Yeah. So what we know from this, this is piece, this is exhibit A. What we know from this is that because of the economic downturn economic in Springfield, downturn, yep. the Simpsons can only afford very shoddy clothing. Clothing which can perhaps only be worn once in what I think is probably a false economy of trying to save money. <laughs> yes. Buy one pair of jeans that you can wear for at least a year instead of buying a new pair of jeans every day because your clothing turns ragged. So, mm. on the one hand, they've been there for at least one night. On the other hand, when they find the offshore oil rig Krusty Burger mm. and Homer's pointed to the map, they're off the coast of Pennsylvania. Now, as we discovered, what, five or six episodes ago? 
the Simpsons are probably in southern Texas. Yes. To get from southern Texas to Pennsylvania, you have to go all the way around Florida, um, which I believe is sometimes called America's Wang. Yep. Um, all the way around and then up and up and up and up and up. It's like three, four, five states up. They've been floating in that life raft for quite some time, perhaps almost as long as the dad in Richie Rich in his life craft. Life the dad life. in Richie Rich? Yeah. The they, one who had his own McDonald's in the house? They get stuck in a life raft. Do they? Yeah. In the movie or yeah, is there yeah, a... Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, because they're, they're, that's the scene with um, uh, Richie turns on the dad tracker, the huge big screen. It comes up with dad not found. Dad not found. Dad not found. Because the beacon doesn't work because he's out in the middle of the ocean. Okay. On a life raft. How did they... Okay, was he just planted with a GPS? Is that what was happening in that film? Uh, no, uh, he had a beacon in his briefcase, I think, but he was too far away from signal. Okay, okay. Okay, so they've drifted for like a month then. For like a Richie Rich amount of time, yes. Yeah. A month, yeah. <laughs> that is Richie Rich, as yeah, right. I'm concerned. Yeah, right. Yeah. So those are my thoughts. They've either been out in the wild blue ocean mm. for a day or perhaps in excess of a month. This episode is wonderful and it fucks. It is. Yes. Season 5, episode 9, Last Temptation of Homer. Starring Willem Dafoe as Homer. Sure. Yeah. And there's Willem Dafoe of, as Mindy. <laughs> there's a lot of reports about uh, Willem Dafoe on the set of uh, The Last Temptation of Christ, a movie I have not seen, but I have on DVD somewhere. Sure. Where, you know, he's wearing very little clothing in that movie. And apparently there was an issue where his, uh, his dick would keep just sort of flopping out. Now... Apparently it's a big old dick. Right. Yeah. He's very good in the Florida Project. I what see. are you drawing there? I, I drew a five and then crossed it out. Okay. Um, so uh, I, I guess my concern about that anecdote yep. is given now what we know about stars generally being as terrible as everyone else, was he setting that up on purpose? I don't think so. You sure? I think it was a. I think he just he you know would come in. It's like, oh man, I'm up here on this fucking cross. Like, how is he going to be doing that up on a cross? Yeah, I guess so. I guess I'm. I'm just concerned to know whether he is de friend or Defoe. Okay. Uh, to me, he is Willem Defoe, who is my friend. I see. <laughs> well, don't do what Donnie Defoe does. <laughs> um, Could have made that clear. <laughs> thank you. Bart's plan to reduce all the parking spaces by one foot is it... geniusly devilish. Yeah, but it also does... I, I can't figure out the logistics of this. doesn't make any sense to me. How so? Okay, is he... Like, I think, is he I think repainting you're... the entire parking lot? The entire parking lot, yes. Okay, so this is an extremely complicated plan, extremely then. Extremely complicated Because to me, plan. I thought that his plan was simply to... Somehow, you know, either thicken the lines of the existing park oh, or just sure. like shift them, you know, in a way that would involve, frankly, a lot of calculus to figure out. Mm. But no, if he's repainting the entire parking lot. My understanding of that joke is that he's blacked out all the lines and he's painted new ones. Okay. That would make more sense if the parking lot didn't have lines to begin with, which is a possibility, but the way he frames it. Suggests that he has intentionally lessened the size of each. Yes. I feel like if, yeah, if, if we mm. had a parking lot that didn't have parking spaces, which a teacher's parking lot might not. Sure. Then that would make more sense. Yeah. I, be, I, I think at that point, if that was the case, though, the teachers would have been 
going in saying, what the hell's going on with these lines? Whereas Krabappel mm. specifically says, I'm in the lines. So yeah. the line that they it, it's common to them that the lines are there. It's just that little body boy has come along and, and, <laughs> your, and your voice going to drop contracted them. Yeah, my voice. I might uh, quickly get a, a refill my glass of water. I do like in that little um, scene where we see all the teachers honking their horns and everything. You just hear uh, what's her face, Mrs. Hoover, just say, yeah. "I'm stuck." Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh wait, I shouldn't continue conversing while I'm this far away. I'm going to refill my water as well. Sweet water. Yeah. Time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you see. Um, uh, uh, yes, I really enjoy the way that Miss Dyson says, "I'm stuck in this." Miss <laughs> Dyson. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's it... a vacuum joke. <laughs> <laughs> have I talked about my issue with the words continuum and vacuum? Yes, you have. Yep. Good. <laughs> on this podcast. Good. And on the shit pub crawl. Um, uh, yes, but she says it in this really kind of like. I am about to have a panic attack, but don't want to let it show yet. <laughs> yeah. I'm stuck. Yes. It's, it's good. And then we cut to the power plant where actually we have some other stuff, but we cut to the power plant eventually and Homer kills a man. Yep. Homer yeah. literally kills a man while playing a prank. Yes. The man is dead. Dead. Yeah. And he nearly killed himself and three other men. Yeah. If you don't remember this specific scene, uh, Homer, Homer some... pulls out a gun. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Homer and his good time buddies are watching a man uh, operating some sort of machinery in a little room. There's some toxic materials, and Homer says, Oh, I'm Homer. Watch what I'm going to do. And he gets this little mechanical hand thing, and he operates it so it pinches the guy in the butt, which is harassment, and then he drops this case or something, and this, uh, this gas pours out and immediately kills the man. Immediately kills the man. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, I mean, that's never dealt with. No. I mean... This isn't the most that Homer will kill. Because, mm. of course, there's your favourite scene where he blows up the candy convention. Yes. Um, we are going to get to that next season. He yeah. does kill an entire convention centre full of people. Mm. Mm. I would, I'm going to use the phrase lolly festival rather than candy <laughs> convention, but that's because <laughs> I'm weird. Lolly festival. Um, uh, yes. So one of uh, one of Homer's friends, I forget the guy's name, but he goes to report to Mr. Burns that they need real safety exits. A real, a real emergency exit, because yeah. the emergency exit's painted on. And Mr. Burns sucks the man up through a tube, yes. which transports him to India, yes. where he is dropped on a table and uh, commanded to dance. Yes, uh, while several Indian men clap and scream. Now let's try to unpack this a little bit because I don't know what I'm looking at here. And I know that I've always found this scene very funny. Yes. I know that probably, you know, it's a little weird. (laughs) It's a very unflattering depiction. Yep. My main concern is how long have they all been sitting there? Yeah. (laughs) Because Burns says that he doesn't know where the tube goes and Smithers says he hasn't been able to figure it out either. Giving me the impression that it's not a commonly used tube. Um, and yet, when Old Mate pops through on the other side, there's, what, eight guys sitting there in a circle, ready to ready yeah, to clap along and dance? Um, 
How long have they all been sitting there? To me, it reminds me of the Uncharted video games. The Uncharted video games. Where you as Drake will go through all these, you know, twisty little passages, solving problems that haven't been solved for hundreds of thousands of years. Hanging out with Sully. Doing all these irreversible things like flooding rooms so that the floor floats and then you can get to the secret path. And then you get there and there's just 150 guys in there with guns. And it's like, where the fuck... I did the irreversible thing. How did you all... Oh, there's a back entrance? Oh, there's well, the tube. <laughs> Just shooting them all in. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this as just a piece of just pure Dadaism, I think. Just pure absurdist a, bullshit. Yep. Just a joke that usually would not survive the writer's room, but yes. has made it through unscathed. Yes. And it's as really funny as like a, a very specific vision. Especially because uh, when uh, when they go to see, I uh, know I'm skipping ahead, but when they go to see Hibbert in his um, new hospital thing, yep. uh, and he, sa- he says, you do have insurance, don't you? And then he hits a button and a tube starts coming <laughs> yeah. down, leading me to believe that perhaps it's not an uncommon tube. Perhaps there yeah. are multiple tubes around Springfield that lead yeah. to this one uh, dancing table. The suggestion of Springfield having a tube culture, I'm very on board with. Tube culture. Now, my thing is, though, I don't know that Hibbert's tube also leads to that table. That's a good point. It might lead to a different place entirely. It might not even lead to a table, James. It might lead to some other bit of furniture. Maybe it's leading... To a credenza. To another dimension. What? Maybe this is one of the ways you can... put. Maybe that's how the alternate Homer got to their world. Huh. Through the Hibbert tube. Yeah. Or, right. you know, maybe some, maybe Monroe has a tube. Maybe Colossus has a tube. Do you think there's a tube going into the Monroe box? Oh, I doubt it. I don't think he wants the kid to get out of there. Mm, That's a good point. That's a good point. I feel Mm. like if there was a tube in the Monroe box, it would simply lead to the Monroe box in another dimension. Did you ever see the meme of the polar bear? Listen to the episode about old money to get any of this, by the way. Did you ever see the, the meme of the polar bear with the tube? Polar bear with the tube? That was one of my favorite memes for a while because it was such a... Just a pure expression of joy from the polar bear. Okay, we're going to look up polar bear with tube. If you want to go to your next note, and I'll look up polar bear with tube. Okay, sure If thing. you want to play along at home, just search polar bear <laughs> tube and it should get you to the right spot. Now, Burns is told, uh, basically there's an investigation into the plan, and he is told that he needs to hire at least one woman. Sure. So he proceeds to hire one woman. Yes. Have things changed at all since this? I don't, do anything? I, I don't know. I mean... Women in STEM is, you know, it's an area that the STEM community appears to be working on, and I hope they're making inroads. Um, and depending on which part of Twitter I follow on any given day, they either are or are not. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think there are still lots of places throughout the world in which a duck will be hired preferentially over a woman. <laughs> One thing that I'm seeing a lot of discussion of lately is the idea that these large companies are hiring for diversity rather than equality. So it will sure. be about, you know, like filling these fairly small quotas and, uh, you know, it's only the quotas they have to fill, you know, they're not going to be, uh, you know, looking at actually getting like a multicultural, uh, mm. multi-gendered workforce. It's, mm. uh, yeah, it's interesting, but, mm. um, yeah, they have to hire one woman. So they do. Oh, what have we got here? Is this the polar bear? Google image search has become... Got my tube. Tube, 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 tube. Okay, so is this a polar bear with a tube? Got a tube! Tube, tube, tube! Tube! Ah, he's a nice bear. He's got a tube stuck to his head. 
I just enjoy the, the, the joy of his arms here. It's just like, wee. It's <laughs> great. Huh. Also, clickbait headline over here, British company offering employees days off to masturbate. Oh, okay. What? You know, working from home, uh, you know, not even going to finish that anecdote. <laughs> anecdote <sighs> is a strong word for that's, whatever that could have been. That's an Ikea anecdote. You just gave them the parts and told them to finish the job themselves. God damn it. Uh, okay. So Homer hallucinates and goes into a trout hatchery. Yes. My question, what's she been up to since Desperate Housewives? <laughs> trout hatchery? Yeah, ter- I get it. I yeah. get it. It's a Terry Hatcher joke. It's I a Terry it. Hatcher joke. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're real and they're spectacular. So we get uh, Michelle Pfeiffer playing Mindy. Sure. Mindy, who came and brought me a turkey. Uh, anyway, Mindy, great character. Love her. Great yes. piece of design. Yes. Uh, you know, the weird, like, Sim- Simpsons version of sexy that, you know... Yes. We recognize as being sexy because of how the Simpsons abstraction art works. Yes. Very good. Now, my question... Sure. ...about this, you know, the tra- tra- trout hatchery and uh, Desperate Housewives and all of that... Yep. Have you ever had a crush so intense it made you hallucinate? Uh, oh, interesting question. I've definitely had breakups where I was walking around shopping centres and thought that I was repeatedly seeing them in places. Yeah. Um, but they weren't there. It was just me imagining it. Um, uh, I don't think I've had a hallucinatory crush. No. Because my thinking in these scenes... Have you where... ever had a glass of orange crush cordial so strong that you hallucinated? It was all syrup. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. My thinking during this sequence where Homer, you know is worrying that he's hallucinating because he has such a crush on Mindy. It's not a thing that happens, though, right? I don't think it's a thing that happens. No, it's not a, that's not how anyone I mean, reacts. I, I think the problem they've done is they've phrased it as a hallucination rather than as a daydream. Yeah, a fantasy. Fantasy, the Mariah... Uh, <laughs> fantasy, um, uh, the... the Thing or daydream the Mariah Carey album. Fuck, I completely <laughs> fantasy star online. Go with a P. Yes, I got too caught up in making that shit joke that I just completely <laughs> froze. Um, the, those are all good things, but they're not hallucinations. They're different things. Uh, yes, yes, indeed. And Homer, we get a scene of Homer leaving work, and he throws a box of pens into the back of his car. He says, "Another, another day, another stolen, a box of stolen pens." Yes. Now, several re- of these pens. Had exploded and there was pools and puddles of ink on his kit on his uh, cushions. I didn't notice that. Yeah, I did. That's a neat little detail. It was uh, fun. The point is, um, at my work, my share office was recently semi-converted into is also the stationary room. Oh god! So you know, uh, fill in the blanks. Yep. With uh, the pens you may (laughs) or may not have acquired recently. (laughs) So wait, this goes back to the masturbation thing, right? Very into pen work. Pen work? Not Talavoy. Very good. Yeah. Very, I mean, very good. It's something. Bart becomes a nerd in this episode. He does. He gets some big glasses. He gets some shit in his hair. Hmm. He gets the big shoes. Big shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill. <laughs> big <laughs> shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill. He fills the big shoes. Yeah. He fills the big shoes. <laughs> You're only supposed to blow the bloody shoes off. You're only supposed to blow the bloody shoes off. God damn it. None of us sound like Michael Caine anymore. We have lost it so completely at this point. This 
podcast is so silly sometimes, James. <laughs> we gotta work on our canes, but not not on air. We gotta go and we gotta put. Are you the talking work about in. the masturbation story again? <laughs> we gotta put the work in. Gotta go work on our canes. Now, when Homer is in Moist Tavern and he says, uh, "I got this friend." Uh, his name is uh, Joey Jojo Jr. Shabadoo. Yes. Now, let's forget about the whole Joey Jojo. That's a good scene, but let's forget about that for a moment. I want to focus on Barney's shocked expression when Homer starts speaking. Did you notice that in this no. scene? When Homer starts speaking, he says, uh, I've, got this, uh, I've got this friend who's got a problem. Barney turns to him with the most aghast look on his face. Hmm. He looks shook. Hmm. Like something has happened. And I can't quite piece together what is going on here. Is he astonished that Homer has a friend? It just seems like Barney has seen through the veil here and fully understands the horror of his own existence within a cartoon. Well, that was a, that was more bold than I was. It's expecting. the only way to possibly is interpret this o- look. Is that the only way? Yeah, he he. Look, you need to go back and watch. Listeners, uh, go to Frankiac and type in Joey Jojo. That, sure. that should be enough. And just look at the expression on Barney's face when Homer is talking. Because it, oh. uh, it is the face of a man who has witnessed the devil. Jesus. Yeah. Um, speaking and of... If you have any theories about why that might be, feel free to write in. Uh, Puds in the key of Springfield at gmail.com. Speaking of the devil and general hellishness. Yep. Um, was this your first exposure to the Barry Manilow song Mandy? Uh, it might be my only experience with yeah. the Barry Manilow song. Barry I, Mandy Low. Very good. I didn't know that this was the, the um, you know, Oh Margie, you came and you found me. I didn't realise. I didn't realise that this was a reference to a Barry Manilow song until 2002 when... Sorry, 2002 is a really long time ago. You just framed that like it was going to be like last week. <laughs> Until 2002, yeah. when Tom and Travis from Blink-182 did their side project, Boxcar Racer, and yeah. I had a live bootleg recording, and they, in the middle of the set, they play a song called Mandy, and I was like, what the fuck? This isn't on the album. And I went looking, and then I was like, wait, this sounds like that thing from The Simpsons. And then I went Googling the lyrics and found it was actually a Barry Manilow song. Didn't you recently promise on Twitter that you were going to hijack this podcast and turn it into a Blink-182 fan podcast? That's because the boys over at Blink-155 said that they were going to stop. Okay. And they've only got 72 songs through the list of 155 that they have to do. So I was going to hijack this and we'd finish yeah. the rest of them. Look, I'm not a fan of the concept of hijacking this podcast, although I am wondering, uh, the woman who was saying 119, who lived on the same street as Dougie Jones uh, in the new season of Twin Peaks, what do you think her deal was? Okay, that is... Uh, okay, you're doing like a little face and you made that noise and you're... Obviously making a reference to the woman with the blue rose from Firewalk With Me, who makes a noise like that while wearing the rose, but, you know, um, Chester Desmond doesn't find out what the rose is all about. Chester Desmond, rest in peace, Lincoln Park. Chester Desmond, who, of course, does disappear. Is his name Chester? What year is this? This has been Sneaky Peaks. You're like the dreamer. Dreams. And then lives inside a dream. 
Santa heat beats. That's what we needed in this podcast. It's already gone too long. <laughs> Sneaky peeks and boxcar racer chat. Everything's fine. Yeah, I know. So we find out that Mindy, she loves drinking beer. What? She loves watching TV. She loves napping. Now this, Nick, this is crazy because these are not the typical things you would think that a woman would be into. How fascinating. So subversive and clever. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It's a little, little sweaty. A little sweaty app. A little sweaty. I really like this episode, but it's a little sweaty. Yeah, it is a bit. Uh, is there a, is there a, um, is there a name for that trope? Like, is there a manic pixie dream girl, <laughs> but for pretzel beer and football woman? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh... I mean, maybe it's pretzel beer and football woman. <laughs> maybe I just clocked it without even trying. I think you might have. All right. So yeah, it is. A, it is a little concerning yeah. that the uh, that Mindy apes so heavily on the trope of uh, pretzel. <laughs> Beer football woman. I've already forgotten the order. I do really enjoy the scene of them in the elevator together. How small is the elevator? Very small elevator. Where they start breaking into little entendres. I guess we'll be going down together. I mean, getting off together. I mean, that's how we start our podcast as well. I reckon I only only got that joke maybe three years ago. (laughs) (laughs) When you push the button on the stimulator. The entendres went over my head when I was younger. And he pushes the emergency exit and slides down the big uh, the big thing outside the power plant. What do you call one of those things? The cooling tower. The cooling tower. Yeah. Where you march day and night. Yes. Because even though they have the plant, uh, you have the power. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, it, wonderful bit of nonsense because the elevator doesn't go up and down the cooling tower. Yeah. No, 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 no. What I I really enjoy this thing where Homer returns home. He's like, ah, oh, my family. I love my family, baby. I'll remember that when I get here. And he comes in, of course, Bart's a terrible nerd now. Yep. And then Marge is, like, sick and wearing this misprinted T-shirt. And then Lisa, who's, like, not really in the episode much, mm. just pops up. And she's like, hey, I've, like, burnt these fish sticks in a weird yeah. way. And it's such a weird little character beach. Yeah. Like, they're burnt on the outside, but frozen on the inside. It's like, what is this? Yeah, it's a very, very desperate attempt to crowbar <laughs> yeah. Lisa in. It's like, oh, uh, like make... Marge is, like, sick and, like, you know, not sexy and, you know, like, uh... Having a hard time in their butts, this weird nerd. And then Lisa's just like done something adorable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then and then Lisa's just adorably inept at the kitchen. Yeah. Like, you know, an yeah. eight year old girl should be. Yeah, like an eight year old who was even attempted. Like, that's a cute little thing that's happened. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh man. And it's and it's also it's fish sticks, or as I would say, fish fingers. Mm. A food that Homer has not previously shown any like for. Like if if she'd burnt the pork, pork chops, pork chops yeah. or you know something oh, that Homer, no, not the not the frosty chocolate milkshakes, <laughs> something that Homer had an uh, affinity for, an affinity for. Yeah. Thank you, James. Then at least then there'd be a little bit of like, oh, you little fucker, you burnt my fucking chops. Man, that would be a real uh, tone twist. That'd be a hell of a turn. You little fuck. Hmm. So Simpsons, <laughs> the Simpsons sit down, and they uh, they're watching the news. And there's a news story about how maybe some presidents have become great great men by having secret affairs. Do you notice this? Did you notice that the Simpsons predicted Bill Clinton's affair? Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, there's a line in here about right. the possibility that Clinton's affair has made him one of the great presidents. Huh. 
Interesting. Yeah, and uh, when was the Lewinsky scandal? Like 97, 98? 97, 98. That's what, yeah, yeah. I, I would have said 98. Yeah. Mm. So, someone knew. Or, or do, you reckon, do you reckon Clinton maybe thought that The Simpsons is a documentary? <laughs> and he and saw events it. were occurring in real time? Uh, no, he, he saw this episode and just like, I, gotta, I, I can't do a Clinton. I've got to have an affair. Yeah, that's pretty good. I used to be able to do a good Clinton. But but was it just to say I did not have sexual relations? No, it's with because that? Like, I was at a quiz night recently, and there was a question about like uh, one of the questions is always like, who said this? Was it like a president or was it Peter Griffin from Family Guy? Okay, sure. And there was this one about like a uh, like somebody had said something about a mummy being sexy, and it was Clinton. So the whole night I was just imagining Clinton fucking different monsters. It's like I'd like to have sex with that mummy. I can't do it now, but. That is a sexy wolf, man. That's good. Yep. No, yeah. I like it. Predicting. Yeah. Simpsons predicting the future. So, God, I've still got a full page of notes. We've been going forever. So I'm going to try to maybe rush through some of these. You can rush through some of your notes. Well, uh, you actually wrote notes for this one. You've yeah. got quite a bit. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine notes. I get so much pleasure out of, out of Homer hallucinating Colonel Clink when he passes out. Despite having never seen Hogan's Heroes. See, this is, I mean, it, it doesn't resonate for me because I have no touch point for who Colonel Clink is. But I'm glad that you find so much joy in it. I just find it really funny that he kind of knows that he's in a dream sequence. And he knows that this is just a figure that he is imagining to look mm. like Colonel Clink. And yet he keeps addressing him as the character from the yes, show. Yes, yes, <laughs> That yes. is the bit that I find... And the eventual payoff where he tells him about the guy having the radio in the coffee pot or whatever yes. really works for me. I've always enjoyed the logic loop, though, of Homer imagining Isaac Newton and then not knowing who Isaac <laughs> Newton is. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> but imagining a perfectly serviceable recreation of him and then saying, I don't know who you are. So Colonel Clink appears and gives him the, uh, the Muppets Christmas Carol version of uh, what, <laughs> what life would be like if he'd married Mindy instead. Yes. And everything's good for everyone. Marge is the president. Do you think Marge would be a good president? Did... Now. Yes. What is the dialogue in that scene? Because we only see the White House from the outside. You hear hear one of her aides say, your approval ratings are through the roof, ma'am. And she goes, "Mm, mm, mm." Is it possible? Is it possible? Yep. That that's not Marge being president, that's Marge having an affair with President Clinton. Oh my god. <laughs> you fucking cracked it. Is it possible that, that she's fucking Bill? And that that's not a part that, that's not that's not a presidential aide. That's in fact um him saying your approval ratings are through the roof. It says nothing like him, but it's a possibility. It's a possibility. Well it would have been it may have been too obvious oh if they Oh my god, the Simpsons was really ahead of the curve on this one. I think that's in there as a genuine Easter egg for anyone paying attention. <laughs> I mean I'd like to believe that Marge is just the president, I suppose, but you know, in this sort of twisty egg flip universe yes. that we've been positing. Yes. And, you know, I hope it doesn't say anything horrible about me that I hear a woman's voice emanating from the White House and assume that that woman is not the president. But, you know... I th- you are wearing your A Woman Can Never Be President shirt right now. You're not. It's got Super Mario Kart on it. It's very fun and nice. Thank you. 
And um, you reverse it and it says, this is what a feminist looks like. You don't have that shit. That's, that would be performative. That would be performative. Yeah. Yes. It's a good chat. Yeah, I really like this shit. Yeah. The bullies in this episode are really like going hog wild on Bart. Hog they're, wild. They're really beating the shit out of him. Hog wild. Every time you see the bullies going for Bart, it is just a rain of fists. Landing yes. blow after blow upon his young, weak body. Mm. Mm. Yes, rain of fists. There's a line later on in the episode where uh, one of them says something along the lines of, we've been working Bart's upper body pretty hard. Today, let's pound his kidneys. Kidneys, yeah. Which, you know, kind of made me feel like a beer. But it's also just a very visceral it, line yes. about yes. assaulting a child. I feel like the bullies are mean. Yeah, to me... They're not so good. To me, violence is not a solution. Not a solution? No. Ooh. Well, it's, more a... Of a, it's more of a suspension because the solids are floating in liquid. Okay, good. I'm glad you clarified. Yes. Yes. That's an unnecessary <laughs> chemistry joke for anyone playing along at home. So Bart's getting the shit beaten out of him by these bullies. He gets pulled into this... Uh... Uh, 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 the, the poop beaten out of him. Thank you, James. <laughs> so he's getting the ever... <laughs> Shed <laughs> Not usually a word I would use, but for the sake of that joke, you've, I think it was worth it. So far, you've used that word twice, and they've both been about Trump. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but for the sake of a joke, you know. Oh yeah. So he gets pulled in. Oh, to- trust me, James. The U.S. president is a joke. Uh, Nick, I don't want to get so political on this podcast. Satire. Nick, I really think we need to try to appeal to both sides. I think that's the only way we can connect. On both sides. Yeah. I can't do a Trump. Although, uh... <laughs> Bad people on both sides. That's a terrible Trump. I'm not even sure what that is. If he just squealed like a pig rolling his own shit, that would sound more like Trump. Oh, I had a business idea the other day. Mm. I'm going to change my name to Mark. <laughs> I'm going to then start hiring out pop-up tents for functions. And I'll be Marky Mark. Uh. And then... <laughs> I will have a side business where you can get your de- keys cut, de- decorative icebergs to hang on the wall, <laughs> and they'll be Marky Mark's Wahlbergs. <laughs> I think you're gonna go with Marky Mark's key cutters. Oh no! Okay, because I, I, I don't understand okay, that. Okay, joke. well, you know, Mark Key. Oh, Mark Key. I see. I see. I see. I see. I key. I key. I key. Yeah, but Marky Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He was very good in The Departed. The Departed. Yeah, exactly. Shipping out to Boston. Okay, okay, okay. So Bart gets pulled into this little thing by these nerds. This little secret society of nerds. We're only at this point of the episode. How are there two different secret societies of nerds operating within Springfield? What's the first one? Well, in the next season, we're going to get the Super Friends. Oh, shit, yeah. Which I guess is not a secret society so much. No. But we have two separate groups. Two separate sects. Yeah. We've got the, uh, the whatever these guys are. Oh, the fucking Excelsior nerds. Yeah, Excelsior, uh, R.I.P. Stanley, by the way. Oh, uh, oh, Jesus. I set myself up there, didn't I? Yeah, those, those nerds. That's those, in my notes. <laughs> those, those, those nerds that say that word that's a very timely word for people who liked a beloved person. It won't be quite so timely once this episode comes out. But, yeah, uh, true. Yeah. That was sad, though. Anyway, uh, yeah. I was curious about that. Sure. Then we get the guy with the giant hand, and that's a good time. He's got a big old hand. Oh, the guy writing the He's got notes on the big hand. Love it. To me, that's real humor. A yeah. guy with a big hand? <laughs> What's funnier than that? Yeah. 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 
Good stuff. Yeah. Is Capital City meant to be a combination of Chicago and New York? <sighs> That's what the nicknames would have you believe. Yes, as Mindy calls it, the Windy Apple. Is, um, I, I don't know anything you about... You haven't figured it out by now, talking about Chi-Town. I don't know, what? Never mind. Um, I don't know anything about uh, American geography. Is Chicago, New York, like, is one west, one east? I don't think so, but I also know nothing. Yeah. And am an idiot. Because geography make, idiot. It would make a degree of sense if they were blending opposite sides of the country. But I don't think they are. I don't think so. No. I don't think so. But then uh, if anyone would like to write in and maybe direct us towards a map. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. yeah. If anyone wants to uh, send us a map, just send it to 555-GO-FUCK-YOURSELF. Yes. Um, I enjoy that that when when Homer and Mindy are having all the room service in bed, they say that one of the turkeys fell behind the bed. Does that like, imply they've already eaten a full turkey? They've ordered a lot of food. Mm. If they if they can have one one of the turkeys, implying that there were at least two, perhaps more. Probably four. Probably four? Yeah. Yeah, and they've consumed three of them then. And then they both spot that giant chili dog at yeah. the same time. Like they've forgotten about the chili dog. Yeah. What the hell happened to my dogs? What the hell happened to my dogs? Yeah. And then, of course, chili dog, Sonic the Hedgehog, they fucking... Yeah. Everybody fucking. Yeah. 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 But they don't be fucking. Well... That's the twist of the episode. I mean... They don't be fucking. I mean, I... I we know Clinton to, be fucking, but... To be fair... To be fair, to we, be on, fair. we only see Homer and Mindy have a long chat about mm. whether or not they should be fucking. Yeah. And then later we see that Marge is there. That's true. It would have taken some travel time for Marge to get there. There's probably... There's probably still a night... In which Homer and Mindy could be fucking? Huh. Yeah, I was, I'm unclear on the time frame here because I always thought, you know, that night they, did, they don't do it and then Homer and Marge come back separately. But I guess that doesn't make sense. Oh. I guess it would make more sense for Marge no, cause to the, come. Because the turkey's still there. Yeah, I figured the turkey was just there for a long time. I don't know. What kind of hotel do you think is leaving rotting turkey, turkey carcasses Well, a turkey that's going to hire this like weirdo busboy who makes all the noises and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I do think, um, like, there's a few there's a few things I want to say about the last act. I'm going to try to get through these notes quickly, because I think they're all good notes. They're relevant notes to the things. The bit where Bart kicks the shoes off his feet and they fly through the window. Oh, that is good. And Flanders asks if either of the kids prayed for giant shoes. I think that might be a perfect joke. <laughs> <laughs> it is good. It's just so so specific and weird and funny and plays to those characters and just like Ned just looking up was like oh this must be an object of prayer yes this is a thing which I would just absorb into my daily life and then it just pays off like yeah I did yeah perfect perfect joke big shoes yeah big shoes to fill Mm. congratulations writer of that joke your check is in the mail Uh, when we get the the like the the energy convention. We see Mole Man uh, promoting solar energy. He is mm-hmm. beaten by the fossil fuel industry, who yes. then replaces Stand. Uh, a joke extremely that, relevant at all times. A joke that 30 years later still makes yeah. every part as much sense. Yeah. Now that the world is legitimately on the brink of collapse, mm-hmm. because, largely because of the fossil fuels industry, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. It seems likely they would kill Hans Mole Man. Ironic that their slogan is use us and nobody gets hurt, because it turns out... Everyone will get hurt. Something I've never really, like, thought about with this episode, even though it is part of the big joke of the last few minutes of this episode, is how absolutely ridiculous it is that Homer and Mindy 
win the prize of king and queen of energy. <laughs> yeah, what is that? And it's said to a sexy Chinese restaurant for a couple's dinner. Madam <laughs> None Charles, of that makes any sense. The sexiest Chinese restaurant in capital city. <laughs> it's such a and then, dumb, sweaty piece of exposition. And, and then it works when, so they, well. when they get to the Chinese restaurant, there's nothing particularly sexy about it. It's just a <laughs> stupid line to exacerbate Homer's fears. And moments before, Homer is throwing a brick at somebody, presumably killing oh, them. Absolutely hocked a brick at that guy. Yeah. It's just like, I guess, I don't know, having seen these episodes so many times, like some of the things. That are obviously extraordinarily silly have just like settled with me. Like, oh, that's just what happens in the episode. Here's a here's a payoff to a callback I never thought we'd get. Do you think Homer hocking a brick is a direct uh, reference to Ignatz, the mouse that keeps throwing bricks <laughs> at cr- cr- Crazy Cat in that cartoon that I keep showing you for oh, some reason? God, how could it not be? <laughs> yeah, right. It's a clear line, clear lineage. Ah, uh, that Ignatz, what a motherfucker! <laughs> I like that the. The ending of this episode is actually kind of, like, mature and complicated. And a very good example, I think, of why The Simpsons is good. Yes. Yes. It's good. It's a lovely ending. Just the, uh, you know, actually dealing with, like, the complications of Homer considering having an affair. Yeah. Without just brushing it aside of him, like, you know, saying, well, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I love my family too much. Like, there's not, like, a clear moral resolution. Like, this Mm. is... Something that actually weighs on the characters. And mm. It's good. It's a work in progress in Homer's mind. Yes. Yeah. Good, great episode of Animated Sick on The Simpsons. Yes. A TV show that I quite like. Sure. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. It's just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'll do. It'll do. Yeah. Christ, we've gone on for a while here. Oh my gosh. It's been a while. It's because we... It's because of the sting we're going to put on the end here, which is a solid 10 minutes of talk about... Even then it's been... Oh, well, that probably... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It feels like it's been a long recording. Well, thank you for listening to us, your friends James and Nick, talking about The Simpsons, the TV show that you remember from the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You can find us on Twitter at Keith Springfield. We're on Facebook. Just search for our name. You can email us at podsinthekeithspringfield at gmail.com for any reason, really. Yeah. You want to say hello? You want to, like, you know, send us some fan mail and maybe we'll respond to it? Who knows? Who can say? Simply who knows. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're on the A Lot of Green Network. There's a. What are you looking at behind me? There's somebody coming up the stairs, is there? That's nah, fine. I'm just going to get something for the outro. Oh, Jesus, okay. Uh, Nick is going to get something for the outro, so look forward to whatever this is going to be. Uh, I have been James. He has been Nick. Woozer. Wuzzle. Oh, Margie, you came and you found me a turkey on my vacation away from worky.
worst quality that I remember. In Springfield. So apparently the absolute latest episode of The Simpsons, uh, because The Simpsons is still going, it's still a TV show. Hmm. Apparently the latest episode, pretty good. Really? That's what I hear. That's astonishing. Yeah, it's uh, it's got RuPaul in it. And it's got, uh, as I understand it, the plotline is about Marge getting mistaken for a drag queen and sort of rolling with it. And then eventually, like, the plot becomes about her reappropriating another group's culture and uh, sort of realizing that's a bad thing. It sounds interesting. That is that does sound interesting. Yeah. RuPaul from the eponymous drag race. Yes. It's not, you know, their usual plotline, like, I don't know, Bart poops in somebody's uh, laundry or something, and, you know, they have to deal with it, or, mm. I don't know, Lisa's favorite TV show is cancelled and she just mopes, which I assume is what's happening now. What was Lisa's favorite TV show? It was uh, Louis, with Louis C.K. Uh, really? I, don't, I didn't <laughs> pick Lisa as a Louisman. Yeah, well, you know, after everything that happened, she's off that wagon. Well, of course yeah. she's off the wagon. Yeah. She's only eight years old. She couldn't have been on the wagon. No. <laughs> no, she doesn't have her wagon license yet. <laughs> she can't drive the wagon, nor can she be on the wagon. Uh, it's interesting that you need a license to be a passenger. Yeah, well, you know, you know, I'm just like broadening out like the possibilities of this joke in my head and thinking every road is leading nowhere on this wagon chatter and it's my fault i brought up the wagons it's unfortunate when you're on a wagon and all the roads lead nowhere how are you going to get to any of your destinations look the wheels have just totally come off at this point that's the, that's the man issue. i wish i had a pack of wagon wheels Oh, that would be good. I would eat most of it. Literally them. anything with like some sort of chocolatey, sugary element. Like I've been, I say I've been trying to eat healthy. I haven't really. I've just been trying to eat less unhealthy. Have you done the thing that I do? Mm. And I believe this is actually like a recognized phenomenon and it probably has a name that I should know. But it's something along the lines of you tell yourself you're going to eat more healthy. And by doing that, you've given yourself like a good behavior cachet and you then go, well, of course I can have this king size Mars bar. Yeah. I'm eating healthy. It'll work itself out. I mean, if I start heroin now, then my healthy eating is going to even it out. I'm not, I'm not sure if you entirely understand the premise of what I was saying. I think they're different things. Okay. Twix and heroin are different. Are they? They're both similarly, similarly addictive and will ruin your life. Oh, 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 and I believe Keith Richards has done lots of both. <laughs> that surprised me. Um, but I think they are fundamentally different and operate in a fundamentally different way. Yeah, I think they get different pleasure centers of your brain. Okay, so God, I really feel like a Twix now. Yeah, right. Or like a Snickers. I could really go at Snickers. Uh, all I can do is show you towards my injecting room <laughs> to get my insulin shot. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting Interesting that you would put Snickers up there with Twix. That's, that's... I put Snickers above Twix. Above? Above. Oh, see, for Snickers me... is like my top bar, I think. Yeah, right. You hear somebody beeping outside, they agree. Mm. Mm. For me, Twix is definitely the top. Snickers yeah. is top five. Okay. But yeah, Twix is definitely the top. Are we looking like across all manufacturers as well? Yes, yes, yeah? yes. Like yeah. If, if I'm looking purely at... Which bar will yeah. I purchase? Okay. Th- there's a two-factor test. First factor is which one's on special. Yes, Se- of course. Of course. But if really mo- the only thing. If money there. wasn't an object, 
in a big twix. I feel like we talked about this in a very recent episode. I think we did. I don't think we quite went to this level of detail. I think people are probably hungry for the truth. I'm not sure that's the case. Um, But uh, I guess my top five would be uh, Twix flying at number one. Okay. Uh, The Caramel Kit Kat Chunky is a solid number two. Yeah. Um, Weirdly, standard four-finger Kit Kats do not even make the top five. No, I wouldn't think so. The Chunks are up there at number two. Specifically the Caramel Chunk. The Caramel Chunk. The Caramel Chunk. Uh, Then it's probably Snickers in at three. Yeah. What's going to be four? I feel a bit... Because I'm the the type of person that I am, (laughs) I want to pick something really niche and obscure and put it in as my number four. I don't know. But I know that really that's that's not actually me being honest. It's just me trying to get cred. I've only really got a top three, so I don't know if I could... I don't think I could stretch out to a top five. I think I'm comfortable in my top three, and beyond Mm. that, it gets pretty nebulous. Nebulous. Excellent. As in, you, uh, it, it was once a star that exploded. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so Milky Way is my favourite, I guess. No, no. <laughs> Milky Way is nobody's favourite. No, because it's, 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 it's the least good part of the Mars bar with none yeah. of the caramel. It's like the thing you give to a child that you don't want to have... You want them to have a lot of sugar, but you don't want them to die. Oh. I guess. I, I guess. I feel like it's a smaller bar, typically. Like, a, less weight to it. Yeah, I would agree with that. My top three, right on top, number one with a bullet, I'm going Snickers, I'm putting Snickers right up there. Right up there. I think it's, you know, the caramel, the nougat, the nuts. I love a good nut-related bar. I've just, I've just thought of numbers four and five in my list, but we'll keep going through your top three. Number two? Yes. Uh, maybe this will seem like an outside choice to you, but my number two is The Picnic. It's funny you should say that, because The Picnic is yeah. my number five. I love it. I'm big on the picnic. It's got that wafery goodness. It's got that harder caramel. You really do enjoy a nut style bar, don't you? And then number three, a little, uh, this is something I've come around to recently. My number three is the standard Kit Kat Chunky. Standard Kit Kat Chunky. Because the thing is, I feel like less of a piece of shit eating one than I do eating the caramel. Sure, sure, sure. It is funny that the Kit Kat Chunky is miles and away better than a Kit Kat though. Ah, far and away. The Kit Kat is good in like the the snack variant, like the little ones. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Like yeah. the, the ones you'd get in a in a mix. Yeah, the mix one box. Yeah, you know, how they say have a break, have a Kit Kat. Yes. But it really is just like a fun little novelty. Sure, that's the that's the ideal form of the Kit Kat. I think, and I'm not checking this. I've just noted down our top. Well, it's currently our top seven. Um, <laughs> With sure. my, my four and your three. I think but, Twix is probably number five, and I haven't figured out number four yet. Uh, see, I don't know. My number four, hmm. Mint Arrow. Mint Arrow? Yeah. Oh, that's an outside choice. I know. That's a bold pick. Yeah. Initially, I thought I was going to be obvious and put Mars in, but I don't actually enjoy eating Mars. No? You get... For me, you get half to two-thirds of the way through it, and you go, oh, fuck's sake. Yeah. Oh, fuck this. Mars is more of a mood, more of an aesthetic than a pleasant chocolate bar. Work, rest, and play, big mood. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. God, remember when... I think I brought this up as well, but their tagline used to be... Work, rest, and play. A Mars a day helps you work, rest, and play. Like You cannot encourage somebody to eat a Mars bar every day. That's... And, you, and you cannot say it helps them rest. <laughs> no. Um, okay, so I am Twix... Unless they literally go into a coma. <laughs> I suppose so. Twix, Caramel, Kit Kat, Chunky, Snickers, Mint, Aero, Picnic. Yeah. You are Snickers, Picnic, Kit Kat, Chunky, Blank, Twix. Yeah, I think my number four. Yeah. You know the the variant of the Boost Bar they do that has nuts in it? 
Oh yeah, yeah, I think yeah. There yeah. might be my number four, but oh. it's like a limited time sort of thing. It comes and goes. The nut. It's boost. in season right now. I don't know if it's going to go away again. Okay, boost nut. Well, oh, that's thrown an interesting. No, I think actually, apart from the Snickers, mm-hmm. our top fives are entirely Nestle. That's interesting. Snickers is a Mars one. No, um, Picnic is a Cadbury. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's in the, so Cad- the, the Cadbury show bag. Oh, well, fuck you. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> I thought I was onto an interesting stat there, and then there, there were so many... And, and Twix is from the Mars Company. Oh, is it? Only the Kit Kats and Nestle. I th- I, <laughs> and I, maybe the Arrow. I, I could have sworn that Twix was... I think they might... Maybe they come from the same manufacturer in Australia, because they definitely Im- often get discounted at the same time. I can't imagine Twix being in the... Cadbury show bag, which is what I was basing that. Why on. is the show bag? The show bag's just the items they have left over. No, no, no. But but you wouldn't get a Nestle bar in the Cadbury show bag. No. That would that would that's the the my theory there. Okay. But you're right. Twix is made by Mars. Damn. Okay. So the show you're talking about the Adelaide show, the show bags you get there. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Show bags. Also, show bag is a wonderful <laughs> insult that I keep forgetting to use. Okay. I found out that there are some people in Australia, because, um, whatever, look it up. Um, uh, but showbag is meant to be, is an insult some people use for someone who looks all slick and glossy on the outside, but actually they're full of shit. Oh, that's pretty good. I really enjoy it. It's like, oh, have you seen Gary? It was a bit of a showbag. Yeah, it looks like he's got one of those giant inflatable hammers inside him. Ha <laughs> ha. Episode 51 of Pods. No, this has been uh, this has been Chocks in the Kia Springfield. Oh, Don't that's... forget to like and subscribe. All right, Chocks in the Kia Springfield. God, was that, that was nearly 10 minutes. Should I cut that out and make it his own fucking episode? <laughs> what was that? Uh, that was 10 kilos ago. <laughs> <laughs>